Well, slipper season is right around the corner, you guys. And guess what? Just in time, MyPillow has their slippers on sale. I love these slippers, you guys. I got them for my family for Christmas last year. You will love them too. They are layered and they are awesome. The first layer has the MyPillow patented fill in it. Then they have memory foam and then they have impact gel and they look like moccasins and they're awesome. You can use them inside, outside. They are fantastic. Check it out. And for a limited time, using the promo code Heidi, you can get up to 60% off. This is an awesome opportunity to support this podcast and an American company. Call 1-800-447-0541 or go to the radio listeners specials page at MyPillow.com and use the promo code Heidi. Well, hi, you guys. How are you doing? This is Heidi St. John. This is Off the Bench. Today, I'm going to touch on some headlines and talk a little bit about the dangers of permissive parenting. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So welcome, everybody. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, I want to say a warm thank you. We're getting our numbers up at YouTube, something we're trying a little bit different uh, at the podcast recently. Also wanted to remind you that we are starting a brand new study at MomStrong International the first Monday in October. Lots of things coming up that we want to share with you. I think it's going to be a fantastic season at MSI. I have a real desire, a passion to see mothers and fathers engaging with their children from a biblical perspective, from a biblical worldview. And one of the things that we have been committed to at the podcast here for a very long time is simply talking to parents about what it means to shepherd their children, to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Bible has an awful lot to say about parenting and about discipline. And we live in a season, really, at a time when um, permissive parenting is sort of the thing. And I grew up when authoritarian parenting was really sort of in vogue. And then we watched several things come in the early 90s that brought that back, that sort of authoritarian uh, view of, of raising children. You know, children should be seen and not heard. Anyway, I'm going to touch on that just a little bit today. But I wanted to just for fun, uh, touch on some headlines and there's a lot going on. I haven't been talking about the news very much here at the show lately, but I'm reading uh, some things in the headlines today, and I just, I can't help but but uh, notice. First of all, I have not mentioned, obviously, uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth here at the show. I have been uh, fascinated, really, for lack of a better word, by the monarchy, by the royal family. I'm one of those people that could remember where I was when I heard about the death of Princess Diana all those years ago. I thought it was interesting. I was at the store a couple of days ago, and there were two young people in the checkout, and they were reading a magazine. And on the cover of that magazine was a picture of Princess Diana. And I was like, my goodness, I think she passed away in 1997. And so here we are, you know, like a quarter of a century later, and the world is still fascinated by royalty, by Princess Diana in particular. And it was a pretty moving thing. I watched the lowering of the coffin of uh, Queen Elizabeth's coffin into the Royal Vault in Westminster Abbey. I watched that with my daughter, Sailor, the other night uh, when we were baking sourdough bread together. And she was asking me all kinds of questions about the monarchy and the royal family and you know, clearly here in the United States. I mean, we fought a war to get away from that, right? So there is no such thing as royalty here in the United States, but it absolutely is very touching 
and I think good to see a country honor its history. And that certainly was the case with the funeral of Queen Elizabeth to watch the pageantry of it. You know, I heard upwards of 250,000 people line the streets of London to watch the Queen's casket go by. There's something to be said for honoring tradition and the history of a country and certainly a monarch like Queen Elizabeth, who undoubtedly devoted her life to the uh, to the British people and to the monarchy. You know, if you read any of her uh, statements about, you know, how she felt about being queen, I don't believe she wanted the role, but it was her destiny to have that role. It was her God-given role. And she performed her duties with dignity and grace. And given what's happened in the royal family in recent decades, uh, she's been sort of a comforting figure. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens now that Prince Charles is no longer the prince. He is the king of England and his son William is the prince. And so it's it's very, uh, very fascinating to watch. But I was comforted, you know, for all of the people in the United States that are railing against the royals and thought that they made too much of the death of Queen Elizabeth. Um, I I disagree. I think her life was worthy of being made made much of upon her death. She carried out her duties, like I said, with grace and dignity. And uh, I was um, uh, I was touched by it. I thought it was interesting. Tucker Carlson in the news again. Uh, Don, did you guys just get what I did there? <laughs> I've been watching Tucker Carlson a whole lot recently. But I thought this is good. Someone sent it to me and he is taking aim now, as I have been for a long time, against the sexualization of our children in the schools. He called it, and I'm reading from PJ Media right now and I'll link back to it. He called it our moral duty to fight back against the sexualization of our kids. And he's absolutely right about this. Uh, PJ Media writes somewhere along the way, young Impressionable students across the country disturbingly went from learning arithmetic, reading, and writing and being taught that they can to being taught that they can identify as any gender, species, or race they choose because that's a totally normal thing now. And anyone who questions it is racist, transphobic, and any other ridiculous insult the left tosses around these days. Luckily, some in the media have made it their mission to fight back and protect young children. One of these voices is Tucker Carlson. And his Monday night monologue, if you guys missed it, look it up because it's absolutely worth watching. Uh, He called him out. He said, parents need to fight back against this. I couldn't agree more. His advice to parents was crystal clear. Fight back and defend your children against this radical LGBTQ sexual indoctrination or risk letting them be influenced by a growing number of radical militant LGBTQ teachers who seem hell-bent on converting your child into something that he or she is not. What you're seeing is a society that hates children. Tucker Carlson said in his Monday night monologue, as The Hill reported, you'd have to hate children in order to sexualize them because sexualizing children screws them up for life. Anyone, ask anyone to whom this has happened, period. Carlson added, no parent should put up with this for one second, no matter what the law says. Your duty, your moral duty is to defend your children. This is an attack on your children and you should fight back. So hats off to you, Tucker Carlson. Kudos that you were able to uh, put voice to this thing that has been injuring our children for so long. I could not agree more. 
And one more thing before I, I move on today, I just thought this was funny. The Associated Press reported last week, this is terrible, but it's, it's, it is really kind of funny, the Beyond Meat executive. So I went through uh, Panda Express the other day. I'm driving through Panda, Panda Express and I'm going to order orange chicken in a kid's meal because that's the best deal they have there. It is really getting, it is awful to eat out now. I don't like to eat out very much. You guys heard me talking to Aaron Chase last week about this. Uh, I've taken to making my own bread at home. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm growing microgreens in my kitchen. I think I'm going to talk to you guys about how to do that at some point. And uh, because I, I just think there's something healing, something good, something wholesome, something life-giving about uh, just bringing back the art of of homemaking. And it's something that I certainly have enjoyed for, you know, 33 years of my life. And I'm finding kind of a new, a new joy in it as I move into the Thanksgiving season, which I cannot wait. I put a, I put a, a fire in our brand new fireplace. We had a fireplace installed. It took them a year to do it. Thank you, pandemic. Thank you, supply chain issues. So for a year, our living room was completely torn up. And we decided to put in a wood-burning fireplace because we're watching a phenomenon happen around the country. It's starting in California. I've talked to commissioners here in Washington State that say it's going to happen here, that we're going to start to experiencing rolling, uh, to experience rather rolling blackouts. And he said, I hope you have an alternate form of heat in your house. Well, we don't. We have a heat pump and a a gas fireplace. So we installed a wood-burning fireplace, like a real one. And it took a year to get that bad boy done. And they finally got it done uh, a couple of months ago. And we put our very first fire in it the other night. It really wasn't cold enough outside to do it. But almost all of our kids were over. And we had this little spark of, we should light a fire. In fact, I'll put it up. For those of you who haven't seen it, I'll put a picture of our little fireplace up on the YouTube uh, presentation of this podcast so you can see it. But just really enjoying getting back to basics. And I think it's so important. But anyway, back to my back to my orange chicken story. So I'm at the at Panda Express and I'm getting their not very good for you orange chicken because I'm in a hurry, whatever. And I noticed that they're selling chicken now that's not chicken. I'm going to say that again. Panda Express is selling orange chicken that's not chicken. (laughs) Because, you know, the the climate, you can't make this stuff up, right? Anyway, so there's a guy that's the CEO of Beyond Meat, right? These plant-based, disgusting you know, I saw a video of Nicole Kidman eating bugs and trying to make it cool because, you know, the planet's in trouble. And uh, these people, I mean, I, I put the climate change activists in the same group as I put the Rona activists and the transgender activists. This is a darkness that has that is I mean, the Bible says that the world is groaning under the weight of sin. Anyway, I'm going to read this from the Associated Press because I could not help but laugh. A top executive at plant based food company Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat. It's Beyond Meat that anyone would want to eat Beyond Meat, but whatever. Has been charged with felony battery after a fight outside a college football game in which he was accused of biting a man's nose. Doug Ramsey was also charged with making a terroristic threat after the attack on Saturday in a parking garage outside a University of Arkansas football game in Fayetteville. Beyond Meat said on Tuesday it has suspended Ramsey indefinitely. You guys, this is internet gold, right? The pictures of this guy that they've made him look like Hannibal Lecter for trying to bite off a piece of this guy's nose and everything. Well, that's, you know what? No matter how you slice it, uh, uh, that's not a plant. <laughs> so, you, can't, you guys, you can't make this stuff up. 
I kind of feel like, you know, if at some point we don't start laughing, we're just going to cry ourselves to sleep. So uh, that's my that's my, you know, kind of kind of you can't make this stuff up news report for the day. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to offer just a little bit of encouragement for those of you in the trenches of parenting. I'll be right back. So welcome back. I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are. I hope you're spending some time with the people that you love and are cherishing the people that God puts in your life. I am actually at the time uh, today on my way to St. Louis to be participating in the Homeschool Legal Defense Association's National Leadership Conference. I'll be speaking there. I'm really looking forward to that. And we'll be honoring Mike Smith, the president of HSLDA, who is retiring and is being succeeded by my friend Jim Mason, who will now be, who is the new president of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. So lots of great things coming out of HSLDA. Uh, Their website, I keep telling you guys, is absolute gold for homeschooling. So I hope you'll check it out. If you're interested in homeschooling, you want to know what the laws are in your state, hslda.org. I want to talk for just a moment uh, in the last few minutes I have today about parenting. Lots of different theories on parenting abound. I grew up in a very authoritarian home, uh, particularly as it related to discipline. And I'm a fan of discipline, by the way, because God is a fan of discipline. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Again, not a promise. This is a proverb. It's a principle. It's a general principle that uh, we read in the book of of, uh, Proverbs. But scripture and most statistics point to the fact that if you don't discipline your children, if you don't deal with the various issues that your kids have in childhood, if you're unwilling to deal with a disobedient child, you're going to end up with a rebellious child. And I think there is a trend right now toward permissive parenting. And I have seen it a lot. I've seen it in airports recently. I absolutely see it in the grocery store. You know, I've watched kids just absolutely, you know, throw a fit. And I've watched moms try to reason with their children rather than just say, absolutely not. I told you no, put that down. When my kids were little, when my oldest two in particular were little, I remember one time I was at a grocery store in Portland and I had the cart I would say three quarters of the way full, right? So I've got a little baby with me and I've got a toddler and my toddler decided uh, to throw a fit. I mean, it was a colossal fit. And I remember looking at her and saying, no, you may not do that. You may not have that. And she proceeded to scream and yell. It was every mother's worst nightmare. And I found the manager and I said, I am very sorry. I'm going to have to leave this cart here. I need to take my children home and I will come back and finish my shopping another time. And he graciously said, would you like me to put the cart in the refrigerator for you and you can come back later? Today, I think they would probably have a heart attack and die because it was very clear at that point that my child needed discipline and I was going to address the problem and I couldn't do it in the grocery store, right? And when I look at permissive parenting, first of all, it's outside of the scope of what God says we are supposed to be doing as parents. Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seemed pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And in fact, the Bible tells us that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Uh, the, the, another, another version of Proverbs 22, 6 says, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they're old, they won't turn from it. Proverbs 29, 15, a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom. But a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. Many of the frustrations that I hear from moms who are getting into homeschooling their children 
stem from a child who is just not respectful of their parents. And so we wind up yelling at our children. We wind up, instead of just the, the um, a method, a plan for discipline, a plan of attack for how we're going to discipline a child who either is disrespectful or just disobedient or is not listening or whatever it is, what we wind up doing, and I see this a lot, his moms wind up yelling and then they feel like, well, I, my child doesn't listen to me, so therefore I can't homeschool them and I have to put them in school because they just won't listen to me. Well, most of the time you're talking about parents who've been relatively permissive in their parenting. In other words, they, we wait and we wait and we wait until the situation with our child becomes a crisis and then we deal with it. Then we deal with it through uh, yelling. We deal with it through uh, a spanking that is actually inappropriate. We deal with it through ignoring our child. We deal with it through giving our child what they want, even though that's the very last thing that should happen. And according to statistics, there are some pretty serious risks involved because of permissive parenting. Uh, An increase in uh, crimes that are committed come from kids whose parents have not disciplined them, narcissistic tendencies, drug and alcohol use, academic issues, selfishness, behavioral issues, media and internet uh, addiction. And I looked up on Focus on the Family a definition that I, I mean, I actually looked for lots of definitions on permissive parenting, but I really like this one from Focus on the Family. I'll link to it in the show notes today. It says the permissive parenting style involves high levels of sensitivity and warmth, which is good, with minimal to absent levels of boundaries or limits. In other words, no training up of a child. With a youth mental health crisis upon us, I have noticed more and more parents carrying the false and damaging assumption that easing up on limits and demandingness leads to a healthier mental health in their children. But Proverbs 15.31 would say the opposite. It says the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Now here at the show, we've talked a lot about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. If you just give your children knowledge, the Bible teaches us that knowledge just puffs up. Wisdom is the ability to take what you have learned and apply it correctly to every aspect of your life. Proverbs ten seventeen says, whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The wisdom from Proverbs emphasizes the life-giving role biblical and intentional instruction and guidance play in a child's development. They go on to list four types of permissive parents. I'm going to read them to you today and see if you identify with any of them. One is the fearful parent. This is the parent who's afraid of upsetting their children with limits and boundaries, afraid of seeing their kids upset, struggling, stressed, or having any kind of pain. Two is an insecure parent. These parents do not want to lose their child's love or affection and therefore want to be their child's best friend. I have warned against this over and over at the show over the years. When your children are being uh, are growing up, you are your job is to train them in righteousness. Your job is not to be their friend. There will be lots of years for you to be the friend that you always want to be to your children. But child training years are not those years. The distracted parents, they have a lot to do. They're tired. I actually think this is probably where most of these parents are at. They got a lot to do. They're tired. They don't have the energy to provide limits and guidance. They're busy pursuing their careers and making money. And they don't want to take the time to provide their children with consistent and healthy boundaries. This is the parent that will often put their child in school. This is the parent that says, I'm sorry, Heidi, it works for you, this homeschooling thing, but it won't work for me. Guess what? Homeschooling is hard. But you know what? I don't think it's any harder than putting your kid into public school and trying to undo the damage that happens to them every single day that they're there. And you have to be, you got you to be intentional. You got to have a plan. 
And uh, I wrote about this, by the way, in the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight. You can find it anywhere that books are sold. And finally, the misinformed parent. This is the fourth type of a permissive parent. Parents who have read or heard that letting your kids just figure it out is the way to go. This is absolutely opposite of what the Bible says. And in fact, I'm going to come back and talk to you guys more about parenting because I think that the the principles that apply to parenting a toddler also apply to parenting teenagers. It's just that the application is different, but the principles remain the same. Our goal as parents, our highest goal, the thing we should be more concerned about than any other thing is to train our children up in the Lord, to start our children off on the right foot where they are attentive to authority, where they recognize the uh, the preciousness of others. This was something that that we tried to teach our children. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 17, and I'm going to end on this verse today, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. And when they talk about the delights, I think, you know, when you read about the delight you desire, what what does any parent want? We want to see our children happy and healthy. We want to see Christian parents. We want to see our kids walking with the Lord. And a child that has been raised to do, uh, to walk with the Lord, to have respect for his parents, which by the way, children obey your parents and the Lord. This is the first commandment with a promise. Parents, when you don't teach your children to obey, you also are dis- are disobeying this command. It is your job to teach your children what obedience looks like. So I'm going to come back uh, in the days to come tomorrow. I have a guest on the show, so I won't be doing this tomorrow, but I'm going to touch on this. If you guys have questions specifically related to parenting, I would love to hear them. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And let's start talking about how we can really pour into family life. I think it's especially important as we're coming into the holidays now. We're going to be in October. I actually love fall. I'm so looking forward to it. I love the leaves are changing and the weather is changing here in the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful, beautiful time of year. And uh, I think it's a good time for us to talk about what it means to sort of lean into, embrace, and enjoy family life. It's a precious gift from the Lord. And the Bible says that when you walk with the Lord and you train your children in righteousness, the reward is the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And that is what we want in our homes. Before I leave today, I want to remind you to join me at Mom Strong International. If you guys are interested in having me speak for your event, we have opened up my 2023 speaking calendar and you can find out more about inviting me to speak at your event by going to HeidiStJohn.com and just clicking on the speaker tab. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast. You can reach out to me directly. Heidi St. John, care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Have a great day, you guys. Love your people well. I hope you're having such a wonderful week with your families. And we are going to continue talking about this parenting thing. I'll probably pick it up on uh, on Thursday. And we're going to continue talking about it because God's promises never fail. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.